What is up? What's going on, guys? It's your boy Player X and the Galone Wolf. Coming at you here from Semi Limited Podcast. There's like a sad boy wolf right there. <laughs> yeah, getting into it, we're going to start doing all of our plugins. So, quick shout out to Unplugged Gaming. Speaking of plugins, uh, out in Manlius, New York, be sure to check out the Discord server down below. You can go check out all the news and uh, happenings going on with all the TCGs, Yu Gi Oh!, Pokemon, One Piece, Magic, Digimon. All that stuff will be right there in the Discord. You can just go down there and start interacting with everyone. They really yep. encourage it. They're also they... sponsoring the giveaway we got going on. So, well, I'll, I'll let Dylan talk about that. But while you're down there in the description box, you'll see a link tree link to the podcast uh, websites. So you can go down there, click on all the social sites, make sure to follow us, subscribe, uh, click the notification bell so you guys will be aware but every time we drop a new meme or a new episode for the podcast, <laughs> which uh, I think felt Tony was on deliberately today. He was uh, he was dropping the spicy memes today from yeah, the heard, drive uh, back. You had a sexual encounter with the goose guy. Yeah, he, uh, he, he drugged me. He put something in my drink. He's a terribly. <laughs> he's a he's a terrible to appear for a reason. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking of just go giveaways. to TikTok. Just start following our fucking sites. Get in the fifty followers each, so we can do a giveaway. Or the next one will be at a hundred Instagram followers because we're twenty five away from there. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just follow that link tree below. Uh, the giveaway we were talking about was the Wild Survivors. No, uh, Baguska. After the show. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the 40 in his hand and shit. Uh, <laughs> Drunk <laughs> off his ass. <laughs> uh, all you have to do is uh, inbox us a private message uh, at the Semi-Limited Podcast Instagram with a picture of you and your more sexual or naughty or wild card. Baguska is a... You can't do that anymore. It's off the table, okay? But, uh, that... <laughs> yeah, Baguska's off the table. Uh, we'll be doing that for the, now. <laughs> for the giveaway. Uh, make it wild. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, but, uh, honestly, uh, yeah. It, it was a fun time. Nationals was, was really good. For those who don't know, Nationals this year for 2023 was in Raleigh, North Carolina. It was at the convention center. Uh, we, stared at, we stayed at the Sheridan. We had about 13 players from Syracuse go out. Uh, out of those 13, I think 10 were in the main event, and then three just did um, Edison. There was a big Edison tournament, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think Dan got Dan Vrabel got top three at the end of Swiss, and I think lost out in top eight, I want to say. So he's probably like between uh, eighth to fourth place, which is really good for how many people they had like participating. I think it was like somewhere close to a couple hundred people. So I think that's fucking phenomenal so shout outs to dan for putting on for cues uh but the nationals was really fun man like even the venue was really big the uh the hotel was right across the street so it wasn't like a strenuous walk it was there was concessions within the uh venue so there there wasn't a lunch break per se but between rounds you had enough chances to go like grab a quick chicken tender or a burger or something like that it was, prices were a little outrageous but you know it's whatever i understand it. they got to make their money somehow you know Oh, that's where they fuck you. But yeah, we had a whole people, a whole bunch of people coming down with us too. So it was mad fun. Uh, we had uh, and again, our car. We had Albert. We had Albert Park. We had Brendan. We had Felton, Jake Curtis, and Antonio. So we were all we all drove down there together. Ten oh, hours. So you got to uh, you got to watch some Shrek on the way then. No, I was Lord of the Rings this time, dog. 
Oh no! <laughs> it was hitting those trilogies like it's like it's nothing. <laughs> Went through it twice. No, yeah, it's JK dope. On those trilogy waves. <laughs> uh, my last uh, regional I went to for One Piece was in Canada, but you know, even even the BK had some inflated prices. But what's funny about yeah. it is we had uh, American cash USD, and they know that our shit's worth more. So we went to pay with it, like thinking that they'll do their conversion and shit for us, because you know the last couple times we've been in Canada they did, but they said fuck that noise and they were just doing it straight up, and the employees straight up took out. Like, it was like, you know, 20 bucks. He took out a 20 in Canadian and pocketed that shit to go plus off of it later. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he pocketed your 20 and then gave you 20 yeah. in Canadian to pay with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, that guy was smart. He, he knows the system. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to that guy. He plus up, like, what? 250? Yeah, <laughs> per dollar, motherfucker. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, those conventions could get greasy, man. But yeah, oh, yeah. No, it was a fun time. Workers. <laughs> a lot a lot of things happened it was very very eventful we, we went there i think we got there at the venue probably about 1 or 2 p.m um from the drive up on friday we left at three o'clock in the morning we all left from my crib jumped drove down there got there around like one two ish met up with everyone else who flew in uh because oh shout outs to uh ryan app eric christensen matt palatier scott semley uh dan rabel they all came down too but they all flew because they're all bougie and when we all got there, we all linked up. We went over to make sure that we checked the venues out. Because it was my first Nationals. For those who don't know, I started playing this game in latter years of 2019. So the, f the first year we were supposed to have a Nationals, we had the huge uh, like COVID outbreak. So Nationals was canceled. And then this was my first one. Even though I had my invite to it, this is my first one I actually was able to go to. So it was a fun time. I think it was a really great experience. I, I wish that the law the line for those tokens are crazy long like those those token generators that they they have where they take your picture and put it on a token like those lines are like ridiculously long i i think i waited in one for about 45 minutes before i was like yeah fuck this uh yeah at ycs 200 i just waited till day two to even get into that line because it was just you're gonna wait there for hours just to get some shit. yeah i was told either day one when uh, the venue first opens up, if you're there like early, early is the best time. Or the last day, same thing. Uh, you go there super early because people are playing out day two early. And the people who are going there usually are supporting their friends. So they're not usually trying to do things like that. So what were on them this time? Did you, or you didn't even get to see? I didn't get to see, but I'm pretty sure it was one of those. Because uh, I saw someone else's when they got it. And it was the, um, the Red Hot Fire nova shit i don't i don't know the exact dragon but it was one of those like red hot crimson synchro dragons uh, so only if you played in <laughs> only if you, only if you played early in the game or like or anime head you would care about that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i wouldn't give a fuck that's why i wasn't that like hurt once i saw it i'm like oh uh, that's like not bad they have that or you can get like the background of the event name i think like because i got two done and it was you know oh, okay i didn't know they had choices yeah because i never made yeah. it up to the front uh, that line was ridiculously long and by ridiculous i mean like you guys all saw the live stream well anyone who's probably listening to this saw the live stream of the uh nationals and you could see how big that room was and and the line literally stretched i swear to god halfway across the room and it didn't go down like it just it was always constantly halfway down because you you were only limited to one uh, copy, but you weren't limited to one per day. So as long as you got back in line, you can go get another one. So people were like going in, doing a funny one, and then going back in line, coming back to the front, doing like a serious one, going back in line. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was interesting to say the least. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got uh, I got two for mine because they had uh, 
uh, Toon World was the theme because Pegasus was there. So, you know, I had to get my Toon World one, and then I got my oh, YCS okay. 200 background. And then they usually offer another one, but I said, fuck that. I'm not waiting in line again for a third. I got two. I'm good to go. <laughs> and uh, we, yeah, we no, were going to understand. We made, uh, we made friends with the guy that was doing the cutting, so he just said, fuck it, you know, and he gave us multiple cuttings of each. So it was pretty dope. So oh, we all dope. Yeah, that's what's you. up. I would have definitely loved that, because that line was way too much of a weight for me to kind of invest into. I did want a token, though. Don't get me wrong. I can't imagine being that dude just fucking cutting a million token sheets, because, you know, they cut it right there after they print it. Yeah, yeah. That was the most probably tedious job. That, and just being the one snapping all the photos... You know, watching all these sweaty, smelly men group together for these pictures. <laughs> so how many how many amazing judges were there with the shirt that was one size too small? Oh, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's standard like that. <laughs> they come standard, uh, one size too small. If you tell them you want an XL, they're going to send you a medium. So. <laughs> but speaking of judges, I, I, I don't know what, maybe it was just me. I've never been to another Nationals. I have nothing to compare it to. But for me... There were just not enough judges, my friend. There were, like, one judge was in charge of, like, 16 or 20 tables. It was insane. Like, the oh, amount wow. of coverage that they had to, like, really get to. And it's not even, like, because, like, in my head, or at least for me, I don't want to, like, put that on anyone else. But, like, for me, a good judge is, like, a dime a dozen. So, if you don't have a good judge in your section, and this, quote-unquote, bad judge is, like, covering multiple tables... This is more line for error because like a lot of these judges didn't know what was going on. Like Antonio and I first walked in, we were trying to find out what were the okay camera areas to where you can record and stuff. None of the judges that we talked to, we talked to like five or six, none of them knew any of the rulings. They said we could, two of them said we can just record wherever. And it wasn't until the last person said that there was one designated area on the bottom floor, like the playing floor that you can record. And that all other recording from their uh, knowledge was in the vendor aisles which were was like a floor above the playing area but like yeah between the the um, lack of amount of judges and then the lack of competency between judges i i feel like it could have been run a little bit better maybe there were just uh, not enough judges and short notice to kind of go through and um participate or help but i saw you know, a bunch of the familiar judges that we always see like uh ryan para who judges for millennium is, is another tier two judge he was there we, we ran into him for a brief moment um, but like there are a bunch of good judges, don't get me wrong, but they're like the amount of coverage that they had, if you had a bad judge, you had a bad judge for like 20 tables. Like the judging could have been a lot better in my opinion. I feel like it's an ongoing thing with Yu-Gi-Oh uh, specifically, because I've been to, uh, you know, I hear a lot of stories about Pokemon, One Piece and all that shit. And it is so, it's like buttery smooth. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I, I mean, that's kind of just fit in the book, not to shit on Yu-Gi-Oh, but. I think they need to kind of step up their events kind of thing. No, but it's a supply and demand thing. Well, I mean, it's the second biggest or third biggest, you know, uh, card game in the U.S. So it's, just, it's yeah. surprising that uh, that the events are kind of just being on the downside. Well, you got to look at it this way, too. Like, most players would rather play in events than judge events. I mean, like, even look at some of the events that we as semi-limited podcasts have tried hosting. Like, I would much rather play in an event than judge it because like the real fun comes with playing with your friends in my opinion so like yeah it's cool to judge and shit but like when i'm doing a judge call in my eyes or at least in my head i'm like damn well if i was playing i wouldn't even need to make a judge call because i i would have done this and this and that and done this and 
You know what I'm saying? So like, I just I would much rather play than judge. So when people like look at Ryan App, Ryan App and uh, has his tier one judging. He can go judge regionals all the time. For those who don't know, when you become a judge uh, and you're finally certified, you get put into like um almost like a, a email chain, and you get alerted as to every time there's a regional in your area. You can have it uh, give you alerts by the mile radius. So like a regional within like a hundred miles of where I live. It'll let me know, like, hey, there's a regional coming on. Would you like to, you know, sign up for it? And Ryan App doesn't sign up for a lot of them because he just rather play in them. You know, he got his judging just to make sure that if we needed one or if anyone in Syracuse ever needed one, that he could. Like, same with me. So, like, I would much rather go to a regional and play than judge. So, it really just, in my opinion, just comes down to a supply and demand of who wants to judge compared to who wants to play. Yeah, it's not like, a, you know, like a sport where you got to eventually hang up the fucking cleats. You know, you... As long as you yeah, can true. walk, you can play Yu-Gi-Oh. So, I mean, maybe they should uh, offer bigger incentives or, like, even judge promotion cards or some, you know, along that line instead of just a mat or some shit. Mm. But, yeah, the rest of the tournament was really fun. I mean, we got to do a whole bunch of side events. I did a regional flight. I got to the finals and lost to fucking Exosisters. I don't know. I've, I was losing to, to Rogue all day. All day. The entire tournament. Exosister, I think, took a European dub, I believe, didn't Yeah, they? take the European dub, and then the guy who won the remote duel tournament with Exosisters also competed in Worlds Qualifier. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, he and Polly Aronson, who was also a guest on the podcast, made it are going to be our world points representatives from north america yeah what did he did he get second place i saw that uh was it second i think so yeah, yeah i think the exosister player won again if i'm not mistaken but i we didn't finish the rest of the day there and i didn't check up on it because we were out to dinner at that point in time mm-hmm. um but yes i'm pretty sure those are the two names so i know they're in i just don't know who won yeah he was probably still on cash uh yes I, i'm pretty sure Polly was still on cash i see they they were giving away two two supers instead of like an ultra too for the prize cards yeah so it was very weird yeah there were no ultras for this nationals but you got two supers instead which in my head makes no sense i would rather just want the ultra because if i'm not mistaken i think jake told me that second place also got two supers yeah they were both holding up two supers in their in their photo yeah exactly so it's like why would you do that when i mean the whole point of getting first is to get a prize that no one else can get so if everyone's out there just getting super rares then what's the real point of it in my opinion and maybe that's just me me being ignorant or whatever but i would much rather if i'm winning the whole thing get at least an ultra at least one come on yeah at least something that lets you know like you outperformed the second place because like exactly because otherwise what's like there's no shame in getting second place for that I, I can just throw the second place event and still get the same prizing i'm still going the worlds i'm still getting two prize cards i'm still getting the mat still getting a trophy or maybe the yeah. trophy is the only difference i don't know yeah that's uh i saw the trophy i saw i don't know if you guys took a photo of it but I did see the trophy lineup, which was pretty sweet. That was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, I'm, if that's the only difference, like at the end of the day, like, I mean, pride, you know. But what the fuck, like you, when you're when you're competing like that, like obviously you're just competing for that. But you know, having a card that brings in another five hundred dollars if you're selling it, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. What else can you say? It's just a weird, a weird way of doing it. I don't know. Maybe they just fucking. Dropped the ball and forgot to print more. Who knows? 
Uh, but for those of you who were curious, I participated in the main event this year. <laughs> but we had fun. I wound up playing a build of Kashtira that Jake and I had worked on for about three weeks prior. It was a blind second cash list. We were uh, theorizing that the best way to play cash is actually just going second instead of going first, especially with the, uh, all that you lose to. It's much better to break a board when your opponent has maybe one or two cards in hand and then stick to your rise heart then than it is to stick to your rise heart going first and have to play into about five or six cards if you didn't get hand trapped. So uh, Jake did a little bit better than I did, but I will run over my matchups real quick. Let me pull them up. So my records on day one were as followed. Uh, round one, I 2-0'd a Vanquished Souls player. Keep in mind that I personally, a little bit of me wanted to do the blind second because I suck at dice rolls. I always lose dice rolls. And I lost, like I think, like every single dice roll but one, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, but we'll go back to it and find out. Um, so I lost this dice roll. Uh, I had a swift game one win. He didn't really open too well. I had Bell for his add back from Rock and then full combo afterwards with a Dark Hole and Duster with uh, Planet and Fenrir setup. So I was pretty chilling. Then we went to game two where I made him go first because he made, or he obviously went first from winning the die roll. I made him go first game two and he opened trash. Uh, he set to pass. I had the Lightning Storm to clear the back row and then full combo from there. So. It wasn't uh, too long on that one. So I was 1-0, and then I went to round two, which I played against uh, Runic for higher sprite. I lost that die roll, but then won the round 2-1. Uh, game one was really quick since my opponent bricked. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he made Huggins, um, searched the field spell, played field spell. I think he made the, the Hugin... He played the one that Hugin couldn't be destroyed by card effects or by battle or whatever it was, so he can draw the two. He didn't draw anything. He passed. Uh, I was able to out the fountain and then just clean up the board from there. Uh, game two, I opened all engine and uh, no non-engine, so when he went first and set up the real sprite runic for higher board, I just didn't have enough to crack the board. I was playing, I think, if I'm not mistaken, with two unicorns, a, a planet, and a birth. And then if I searched the Yosis, he wound up having uh, Ash for me. So it was just a swift one. We went to game three, and I just stuck to the game plan. I had the decision to go first and try to lock him out with, like, a smooth E-Rad or a Deck Devi, depending on what engine I wanted to hit with you know, using Thrust. But instead, I made him go first. I stuck to just keeping all the board breakers in, and it wound up sticking. I opened up evenly matched, to which he had no response. Ripped most of the things off the board. I think he kept the fountain still up. And then on my main phase two, he activated Rex to try to build a board. But I was able to uh, clear it with the planet that I had, triggering a Shanger a lot of pop. And then the fountain, he didn't really draw into anything because I had Bell for it. So uh, I just stuck to the cards and it allowed me to overpower him the next turn. I think I won. So I won that one 2-1. Uh, and then round three was where everything went downhill. Uh, I, I, round three, I'm playing against generators at table fucking two, table two, undefeated playing in table two, playing generators. I lose the die roll. He goes first. I, yeah, he, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with how generators plays. So I'm trying to read every single card I've learned from many top duelists. If you don't know what a deck does, you read every card that you don't know and you don't leave it up to your opponent telling you what it is. So I'm I'm wasting like maybe 25 minutes in this first game reading all the cards, making sure I understand the interactions. Boss stage is a fucking hell of a card, just not hard once per turn. I learned that shit out the hard way. Um, so, But for some reason, he didn't have enough 
to stop all of my board breakers. So one of one of them finally stuck and gave me enough uh, power to overpower him in game one. Game two, uh, he had orange light for the one hand trap I had. I think I went to go ash his ability to search boss stage, and he had orange light because they play a whole bunch of fairies, and it was just over from there. I think I had maybe that one hand trap yeah i had one hand trap and i opened too much engine so i lost that game three i made him go first stuck to the game plan and then just saw too many doubles i just bricked i think i opened theosis theosis big bang ash blossom which didn't do enough and um prosperity and then the prosperity hit got ashed so it was uh when you travel, so not, not that much. You don't <laughs> yeah, so I got took out a undefeated uh, spot from by generators of all things. So yeah, go ahead and I would have uh, group chat. I would have felt pretty tight about that. Uh, yeah, the only yeah, comparison I have fun. to that because I I wouldn't have lost like that. But uh, my boy Ron, we were at a big event. I forgot where, and it was his first time like going up against a rogue like fucking deck. And it was Crystal Beast back in the day. Uh, this was like during he was playing Trickstar, and the dude swiftly two owed him, and he was so shook that like it threw off his next game and his next game. Yep, yep, that's exactly what <laughs> and, that's exactly uh, what happened. That's exactly what happened. And Rogue, <laughs> they'll, they'll fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, obviously, you can't be prepared for everything, and it just some people are just in the lab, bro, working on some danky ass Rogue decks just to. You know what's crazy too is that dude probably didn't even make it. He made day two. He made oh, day two, mind. but he lost. He he lost round eleven. Mm. He was on the bubble the entire way into day two. Lost round eleven. Didn't get to play round twelve. But I linked someone up with him afterwards. Saw, someone probably saw his shit and was like, "All right." No, apparently he was doing he was doing real well. He was doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? I wound up giving him a map pin. Took a picture with him. He was a he was a cool guy. Uh, he followed us on YouTube, which you guys should all do. Follow us on the YouTube there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was I had no one else to blame but myself. It was um, just unfortunate the hands that you get. And it's funny because Jake and I had already argued back and forth on the Big Bang. So I just wound up saying, fuck it, and I'm playing it. And I just happened to see it. So it was um, just unfortunate. But you're right. That loss, because it fucked me up because I lost to Rogue. I'm winning all my meta matchups. I'm, lo I'm losing to this Rogue. In round four, I played against Rika. Round three was the Generators. I wound up winning that die roll, but I lost that matchup one to two. I made him go first. Game one was a blowout, and I won. And he really couldn't play either through the shifter. Either he, he couldn't play through the shifter or he bricked, one or the other. But game two, my opponent made me go first because he realized that winning the die roll and making him go first, I was on blind second. I didn't open optimal. I think I only had Fenrir and Planet. My Planet got Ash, so I special Fenrir ended on uh, just Shangri-La pass, but I think a Big Bang set, and I got Kaijued. So, and then he went off from there. Rika was just crazy. Um, and then game three uh, was actually really amazing. It just showed me why plants are really, really good. Uh, I made him go first. He set up the cold board. I, If I'm correct, I had a double Fenrir, Birth, Theosis, and Dark Hole. Or one of the either Dark Hole or Lightning Storm. I used a board breaker. He negated with Hyperion, special Fenrir. He uses Rika Princess to tribute the Fenrir. I special summon, or I activate Birth, special summon the Fenrir in my hand, 
Because I was trying to bait out if, if he had anything else. I activate Fenrir on field. He activates Princess from the motherfucking hand. Tributing one of his, uh, his monsters to get rid of the Fenrir. Uh, I use Birth to try to bring Fenrir back. And... Oh, no, I lied. I lied. I special out Fenrir. I activate Theosis on the Fenrir. He ashes that. I try to um, banish a card on the field. I think I banished his um, um, uh, Con Con, if I'm not mistaken, because I didn't see that he... I didn't, I didn't want to bother with the rest of the uh, cards on field because I knew that I was playing through half of them anyway with the, with the plays. I just needed to get rid of Con Con so I wouldn't be tributed if my birth stuck. So after the Theosis got ashed, I banish Con Con face down. I go to activate Fenrir to search for another one. I get the princess because I guess he just didn't give a fuck. Uh, and that's why he tributed his monster. Um, and then I went to go for birth to get one of the Fenrirs back. And he had Cyclone set. So it was just over for me. So he just had every single out to everything I had. All six cards. And it was crazy. And he just showed me why plants are still strong. So... Shout out to that guy. He really put the fucking work in. But that made me X2 going into round five. I actually played once again another... Well, sorry. I actually played meta this time. And I played against Branded, which I 2-1 him. Game one... I lost that dice roll, by the way. Game one, I Ashes Branded Fusion. He thrusted for Fusion Duplication. Made Sanctifier on my turn anyway. And then still gimmick locked me. So I lost game one. But since he won the die roll, he didn't know what I was on. Uh, game two, I went in first, saw my side deck cards and locked him out. I must have saw the Ibli, locked him out. And then once I had the right, or once I had birth Fenrir unicorn on board, I didn't make the Shangri-La. He just knew it was over. So he washed that one up. And then we went to game three. He went first. I ashed his branded fusion. He had no follow-up besides thrust into imperm. I had Harpy's Feather Duster for him and then full combo. So he just he just handed out the scoop. I didn't even get to attack for a game. He just knew what it was. So shout out to him. And then we go into round six where I lose to Gold Pride. I've, I lost the die roll. It was a 2-1. He me he went first i was able to crack the board i had thrust be able to grab tactics to grab uh to crack his board because i didn't want him to know i was on blind second when people see cards like dark hole lightning storm um you know shit like that in the main they just know that i'm a blind second so i just didn't want to reveal that yet while still cracking his board wound up winning game one game two he made me go first didn't i put in cards to go second thinking that he was going to go first saw all of them my hand was like change of heart lightning storm thrust tactics and um theosis or something like that just the, not the right engine card i wound up having to pass he uh winds up otking me and then in game three I made him go first and didn't open enough disruption for the board, open too much engine, uh, unicorn, Fenrir, rise heart, uh, tactics. And, um, what's the, what was the last card? I want to say maybe a scare claw was, it just wasn't enough. By the time I stuck a monster, he had the trap card to pop it. I brought out another monster. He went to baller roller wiped my whole board up and then that was it i just didn't have enough engine to play through it so he just he just happened to take that another loss to rogue where it was just like if i just made the correct plays and maybe in game two i would maybe have clutched through but i just was so unfamiliar with the match that they pay life points i wasn't paying attention to what life point count was at so i probably could have otk'd in, in game two but because i was unaware of the game state i just was making foolish mistakes losing to these 
rogue ass fucking matchup. So I was out by round seven uh, of the main event, and then I think I was just supporting Albert and Pat- Matt Pelletier who made day two, along with Figs too. Everyone who did well in Philadelphia did well here. I would say they may not have made top sixty four again, but they still did well in my How eyes. They were all X three. Figs was X three one, so he was I think oh, top two hundred. If I remember correctly, Albert got 84th and Matt Palatier was like 120 something. So they did well. They just, you know, bubbled out of top 64. And it should have been in, in their defense too. With 3,000 people, they should have had top 124 or 128, whatever it is, instead of the 64. Just in my opinion, they should have played it out that way. But, you know, it is what it is. They, they missed out on the top cup, but we still had a good time. Uh, we were, we just got back actually at the time of recording. I stepped in the house and hopped on the computer so that way i can get ready for this recording we haven't even slept or showered or anything like that so it was a fun time though all overall you dirty scumbag it is what it is i'll shower tonight you know, not gonna <laughs> typical Yu-Gi-Oh player yeah exactly you know this, this gotta make sure i live up to the standards but it was a good trip <laughs> we got to meet a whole bunch of content creators so shout out to the people who took pictures with me shout out to ivalese Paisano from the Market Watches, GGYGO, Brian from Crush Cards, Tom Box from MSC.TV, uh, all of them. Did you say, hey, motherfucker, why don't you return our, our emails? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I reached out and saw MBT too. MBT is surprisingly taller than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was like, he would be like five foot six, five foot seven. He's like six foot. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because I'm 5'10. So anyone a little bit over me, I know has got to be at least six foot. So I got to say, that yellow hoodie looks slick. Yeah, it looks slick. For all those who don't know, I was I was rocking the uh, mustard color semi limited hoodie. Make sure you guys get that in the uh, link tree down below. It'll lead you to the Seven Souths Etsy. Uh, a bunch of players jealous. who came through. Yeah, they were they placed some orders. I wound up getting. Uh, I don't know if you remember Trayvon. Shout out to Trayvon. He used to go to Syracuse. He actually lives in Georgia now, but he met up with us at Nationals. He copped a hoodie. Uh, Jeff Allen. He copped a hoodie. Shouts to him. He's another Rochester player. He uh, saw how fire they were. I had an extra one at the crib. He's like, yo, bring it over. I got you. So uh, I brought one over from the hotel and made sure we uh, we got it on him while he was doing his flight. So so shout-outs to him for supporting as well. But, yeah, we got to see a, a bunch of people. It was, it was a really good time. We all looked sharp. We had a bunch of, like, fun. I wish we went to a better place for dinner because the place we went to was just so ass. Uh, just briefly put, we had had Ryan make a reservation for 13 and by the time we got there, they tried saying that Ryan didn't call. He didn't place that reservation. So Ryan showed on his phone that he was talking with someone for 45 minutes at 445 about this reservation. So the guy got mad that we were right and we proved him. So he just says, well, the best I can do is split you guys up and I can do um, seven or eight over here and then six over here. So I, and but the, his attitude was just like, well, this is the deal guys you this is how we're gonna do it this is what i got this you know this is the best i can do and it just seemed like he didn't really want us there to begin with like like we were fucking his shit up by coming you know what i'm saying so i was like yo if you guys want to eat here we can but they're trying to split us up so we eventually wound up splitting up just so we can have some place to eat because we already committed to walking there and we went by rooms so um whoever was in our room ate with us so it was me jake Antonio, Albert, Brennan, and Dave. But we waited forever to get our food. By the time we we ordered and got our food, Eric and Scott's table were all leaving because they had gotten served and ate already. So we were just getting our food by the time they were leaving. 
So, and I, we were there for about like a good hour and a half, like in, to, in totality. So like, it wasn't like we were there a short amount of time. So, it, and plus when we got the food, it was just wasn't as good as we thought. It was like dry rub. There was no sauce. It was like a barbecue vinaigrette type deal. I don't know. It was just really weird. I just didn't like it. So anyway, yeah, yeah, I, do not Carol, I do not recommend the pit if you guys are in North Carolina. Carolina that's Carolina Q. It's that vinegary shit. Yeah, I don't, I'm not with that. For that, give me some good old barbecue sauce, man. I thought something was going to be slathered. I'll tell you something. I got barbecue chicken and pulled pork. Barbecue pulled pork, and they both come with dry rub. Like, what? Ew. Yeah, they're weird down there, dude. <laughs> Going back into it, what do you think about uh, Castillo winning it? I mean, the top 64 was pretty diverse, I think, even with the representation. I mean, of course, it was mostly represented in cash, and I think we all knew that. But the diversity was still there. There was, like, what, like five or six other decks that were still competing? Yeah, uh, it, I, I'm not really surprised. Um, I what they got there, uh, there was probably four D Link in there. Uh, most of their effects trigger, yeah, gray, mad D Link. So, uh, really, if you put it against Cash, I'd assume if, if they lose a dice roll, they're gonna have a bad time if you just rise hard yeah. them. I think the D Link player won the dice roll and still got shifted. Oh, jeez. odd stream, yeah, the D Link player odd stream. We had, uh, I, I thought the top. 60 what was it top 32 had some interesting uh decks in it as well i didn't get a full chance to pull that up like i was going to but uh i mean there was like rika in there for uh for higher runic sprite was there pirelli was really prevalent i think jake played against kamal crooks who eventually i think made top 16 if i'm not mistaken maybe top eight there was a striker sprite player in top 32 there was a bunch of wild shit it's always it's always something sprite just like people it's you know what I mean? It's such a good little mini engine in there that why not run it? Yeah, everyone keeps hitting sprites. It's, it's got to become an engine. It can't even become a deck core anymore. Like, you can't play pure sprite. It just doesn't do enough. Like I was asking earlier, I said, why the fuck are they doing, like, this mini little sprite engine? And it just makes perfect sense because blue can get you just... It's a one-card search negate. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's your normal yeah. summon, but it's a monster or spell negate. So why not run the shit? And then you could just link off the blue into something else. It's yeah, it's just fodder, little, exactly. Yeah, it's... yep. Uh, linking it with for hire, it makes me want to play that little uh, little slutty core there. I've always been trying to make for hire work, but uh, here's the time. Yeah, Josh and I are both big advocates for Sprite, so he actually is tested out the for hire runic sprite i don't like the runic engine personally i think it's just too degenerate the banishing from the deck and like the sole purpose of your win con being decking your opponent out or stalling out for time it's just annoying to me so i just personally just don't like it but it was still like a, a prevalent deck like it still it needs and deserves respect you should be siding in cyclones back row hate um even monster disruptions for the for hire or the sprite part like you still need to respect both the monster half of the engines as well as the back row half of the engines which why is which is why i think it's a respectable deck i think seeing uh older cards return to the meta is also cool like seeing just dark hole in the format is uh very cool uh regeki yeah, that was, a, that was really shit. there yeah those board uh, breakers just, are super there just uh and also being able to just search it with thrust too just makes like just old classic spell cards good again yeah absolutely it's, it's very it's, refreshing uh, yeah. thrust was i think the most played card in the tournament mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like thrusts or tactics like they were just so everywhere every deck was playing them brandon had to play it to get to fusion deployment to play around ash cash tira had to play it to get to non-engine cards as well as engine cards like terraforming uh theosis shit like that uh 
fucking D-Link players are using it to grab board breakers so that way they can deal with the Cash Tira Rise Heart before playing. Um, cash uh, Sprite players are obviously using it to fetch out uh, their spell cards and shit like that, like their non-engine. The, the ability to just now have any searchable non-engine is crazy. Rika players can use it to get to unexpected die. Like now you have engine, like that's crazy. Yeah, I'm almost like, afraid. It, it's so strong. I'm almost afraid to pick them up, but they're inevitably going to be made into an OTS pack, uh, ultimate rare. So I think I'll pick up. Yeah, we were talking about secret. that. Yeah, oh, it's just inevitable. It's like fucking Thanos at this point. Yeah, like, it is. Konami's way too <laughs> so. intricate with their wording. So yeah, with the way that they would say thrust into action this this season, uh, I think that they would put it in, even if not. Uh, hopefully, I think Felton was saying on the drive back that they should do it as a super to make these cars more attainable to the public, which I can kind of agree with. Like, there, there's a price out for certain players. We, we like, can agree with that, but play. that's not happening. Uh, that is going oh, yeah. to be so, an ultimate Which obviously rare. means it's going to be an ultimate Save rare, correct. Yeah, exactly. yeah, no, I told him the same thing. If we, do, if we do get it, it's an ultimate rare. So he was saying you go from a high printing to an even higher printing. You know what I'm saying? A, a printing that's scarce, of course, that's secret. You know what I'm saying? To an ultimate rare in a fucking ots pack that's only around for three months so i can understand the argument for it but i do think it will get reprinted in the, the ots packs i do think it will be an ultimate rare so i am calling it now but that's just me i called it 12 episodes back <laughs> i think we both did but uh <laughs> that's, all right so did you, did you see that did you hear cash one it was uh cash in the top four it was all cash here yeah, it was two mirror matches i didn't see the final um oh so you didn't see erad you didn't see erad for four no, 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 no. Aha! Yo, Eradicator was prevalent this format, dog. Everyone was saying ban Erad in the crowd as soon as it came out. It's the second time in a major event, because it happened in EU2, the second time in a very televised major event where in the finals, someone wow, got Eradicated EU. for four, and the turn was over. Yikes. There was just nothing else they could do. You know <laughs> That's crazy. This yeah, is too uh... much. Oh my good golly gosh. You think that's gonna get hit then, or do you think it just doesn't matter if they? Uh, I mean, how how what, do you Cash see Tira that? or how, how do you, yeah yeah how do you see the exit of Cash Tira uh, in the next ban list? Well, hold on, let's let's ban Erad before we ban Cash Tira, dog. Let's just be real. <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that if we're being honest, if we're talking representation. Let's be honest. Yeah, Cash Tira is a prevalent deck, and if I'm going to argue the same thing that I would for tier elements, and that that needed to go, it was too overrepresented, yada yada. Then I have to eat my own words and say the same thing about the deck that I loved. That Cash Tira is overrepresented. It's very very strong. It does a lot for the little amount that it takes to play that engine. So. I do agree that it should probably get hit again. I just don't know in what matter. I really hope that they just do something with birth. So that way the tech card that I had ready to replace birth can actually come into fruition. But I mean, they could at this point, maybe even ban a rice if they really wanted to. Like it's just Shangri-La control at that point. And I don't think you can get enough banishes going against your opponent without, without them interacting for you to do enough turn one. But maybe that's just me blindly looking into it. You said Eradicator to one was a good hit, but the deck is no. I said Eradicator banned. Banned. I'm sorry. Yeah, Eradicator banned was a hit. Uh, Do you think that it's gonna be banned out, or do you think that the meta will just evolve enough to make it not playable? Uh, so we were talking about that briefly at the hotel the night that 
it went down and i think we were saying that it's it used to be back in the day it was hard to get the requirements of a 2000 stat attack monster to stick on a board after you set a card for it to like really stick and then there there, there wasn't a, as many spell cards being played back then so it was an okay card back then but now in today's meta it's so easy to get a monster that has 2000 or more attack and then now you're telling me you get to rip an entire mechanic away from a player for the next three turns that's crazy to me like it's it has to be banned or it can stay at three because people want to turbo into it it's going to maybe lead people into playing more traps than spells maybe if that's just the case so that way the, the spells don't get hit forever you're probably playing more cards like imperm more cards like uh evenly matched shit like that so that way if you get hit for spells you're not losing half your hand but like should we really accommodate that or do all this shifting when we can just ban a card that's inherently a little too broken for its time I think that we should straight up ban it. You can't put it to one because then it's just a thrust target like how it's being played now. Some people are playing it at three, but some people can just play it at one. If you ash me, then oh well, I'm just going to set an ERAD, activate a bestial, and then boom, there you go. Like that's as, is as simple as that. So you're predicting that that's the next ban? Uh, Brennan wanted fucking Red Reboot to two, and they were going back and forth on it in the car, but I think they eventually fell on that if we have cards like Erad, like D-Bear, that are still in the game that are just as strong, that you should bring back cards that can deal with them. And the only one that's worth dealing with them is Red Reboot. And to one is just too sacky. And he, they said that they could test the waters at two and see where it goes from there. Uh, see, that's just like, uh, like talking about banning the problem first. Like how we said to ban doll and not expulsion. Yeah, gimmick. Puppet. So is that isn't yeah. that yeah? That's kind of like the same, almost the same argument there. Like why not just get rid of the problem instead of bringing something else back? No, I agree. Red reboots like a real problem card in itself too. Yeah, it is, and the only thing that stops it is solemn or um, another red reboot. So now it's gonna make people side deck patterns weird and shit like that. But look, I mean, hey. If it's the only answer to trap cards, I'm with it. I, I'm under the belief every mechanic should have a counter, but I think erratting someone for the majority of their hand, when you know games two and three, they're going to be siding in board breakers, like instead of hand traps, that's just too crazy, just too strong to me. If it was harder to get out dark monsters or if the requirement for it was, I think, a little bit more stricter, then maybe but it's way too easy nowadays to, to meet those requirements. Right. That's the beautiful thing about Yu-Gi-Oh too. It's just the card pool is just so fucking big. That how, how, yeah. Like, how can you, how, what, like, how can one thing not just be inherently broken and just banning one card's not even the answer. So uh, definitely interesting to see where this meta will be shaping up to a little bit more. I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more than just Cashier dominant again, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. Cashier is still doing his thing, man. But uh, just like that, folks, we're out of life points. One last time, we just wanted to give a shout out to Unplugged Gaming. Like you said, keep an eye out for the Dune format. They're trying to do a regional out there. Let's get some judges, fat or small. Just wear the shirt two sizes too small. <laughs> yeah, as he said, uh, shout out to the sponsor. They're giving us that box of Wild Survivors that we're going to give away for everyone who inboxes the Instagram. Sorry, inboxes the Instagram which is at semi underscore limited underscore podcast. 
and sends a picture of you and your card. It's got to be a picture of you and the card. And a little bit of a description of why it's the most wildest card in your possession. All right. We'll be doing the uh, drawing at the end of this week. So it will be announced in next week's episode. So be sure to tune in and find out who won there. And I am the Glone Wolf. Followed by Player X. And together we are the Semi-Limited Podcast. I know you missed the riff. Motherfucker, we're out. (laughs) 